I thought I would just uh, take a couple minutes to just tell you about the history, just in a nutshell, because this is a very historical and sacred place. In the meantime, if you'd like to put some bug spray on, Mosquito Haven in here. Okay, that's great. So it might make you more comfortable. That's Lori Chang, Executive Director of the Hawaii nonprofit Aloha Tree Alliance. She's at the head of the Kuli'o'o Ridge Trail, a popular hiking spot situated right above busy East Honolulu. On weekends, Lori and the group's volunteers head up the trail where they replant native plants and trees. You can see the watershed up here, and I'm hoping we'll get to... On this day, though, Lori happens to be escorting a White House representative up the trail, Brenda Mallory. She's President Joe Biden's chair of the Council on Environmental Quality. Right. So we wanted to show this to you because you really get the sense of that Ahupua'a, which is the Hawaiian word for watershed. Yeah. Can I get a quick picture with you guys? And yeah. <laughs> Brenda's in town because Aloha Tree Alliance and seven other conservation groups just scored an unprecedented $7.8 million federal grant through NOAA to do large-scale natural habitat restoration in a part of town that's already packed with houses and businesses. The project's ridge-to-reef approach is modeled after the Ahupua'a system, a traditional Hawaiian management practice that treats the land and the water as interconnected entities. What makes it unique is that this is the first time the federal government is spending millions of dollars to try this in a heavily urban corner of Honolulu. If it works, could it be the model for the rest of this crowded island city? You're listening to Stemming the Tide, a podcast on how Hawaii is addressing climate change from Honolulu Civil Beat. I'm Marcel Honore. Ridge to Reef, Mauka to Makai. What happens in the forests above affects the marine life below. Native Hawaiians have embraced this fundamental concept for generations. Across Hawaii, plenty of community groups have dedicated themselves to watershed restoration projects. But their money, their resources, and the total area they can cover by themselves only goes so far. Meanwhile, the state government devotes just a small sliver of its annual budget to natural resource protection. Last year, the state's Department of Land and Natural Resources got less than 1% of the total budget. This year, the department's doing better, at a little more than 2%. The new NOAA grant, valued at about $8 million, will allow eight local conservation groups, along with university researchers and state agencies, to pool their resources and do ridge-to-reef restoration in three urban watersheds, Wailupe, Niu, and Kulio'o. They say that money will allow them to restore more habitat, more effectively, and more quickly as Hawaii races to adapt to climate change. In this episode, we'll follow some of the grant participants from the upper reaches of Kulio'o to the shores of Mauna Lua Bay where all three of those neighboring watersheds empty. We tag along as they show Brenda what they're up to. So that's all invasive. On their hike, Lori tells Brenda how cattle ranching in the late 1800s once wiped out Kulio'o's native forest, putting the area's natural water source in jeopardy. The solution, about a century ago, was to replace those lost native trees 
such as koa, ohia, willy willy, with faster growing trees like pine, eucalyptus, and ironwood to help trap that water. But the new invasive trees have left the forest more susceptible to drought and disease. And the watershed just doesn't work as well in terms of capturing water and replenishing aquifers. Almost 100 years later, the forest is in danger again um, from climate change, from just the, the heavy foot traffic that's a very popular trail, um, people not staying on the trail, and shortcutting all of the switchbacks, which is causing a lot of degradation, killing the native trees and plants, causing erosions that not only affect this beautiful watershed, but Monolua Bay. I see the erosion has been sliding down this area. We've been working to plant the native. So every flag you see, there's a native plant. That's Kaylin Schmidt. She works with Lori at Aloha Tree Alliance. The group launched two years ago and so far has planted about 1,500 trees and shrubs. Now it plans to expand that work through the NOAA grant. I really think of forests as a buffer, our best buffer against climate change. They sequester carbon, um, reduce wind speeds. Um, they ensure that we have water security for the future. They also provide critical habitat and shade, and they also provide invaluable cultural resources for the people of Hawaii. Aloha Tree Alliance plants its trees and shrubs in patches of land called kipuka. Kipukas are, um, traditionally they are islands or openings that have their older vegetation surrounded by younger vegetation or on the big island lava. So here in our forest, we've adopted that concept because we can't possibly do the whole forest. So we open res restoration sites or kipukas where we can manage those sections throughout the trail. They've established more than 20 kipuka sites so far. And the hope is that the native species will reestablish themselves there and eventually perpetuate across the forest. With more money, they aim to create more kipuka. And with more kipuka, they hope to reduce the soil erosion flowing into the bay. The erosion is so bad that... Like when it rains, it's like a chocolate waterfall, it was. <laughs> Honestly, every time I come up here, I'd always think of Willy Wonka, we mix our chocolate by waterfall. That's Doug Parker, executive director of the nonprofit group Malama Mauna Lua, which spearheaded the grant proposal. Doug also tagged along for the hike with Brenda. His group works to restore the bay ecosystem and protect the coral from further damage. Doug said the federal money is a game changer. Having an influx of funding like this allows all these organizations to have the stability of multi-year funding, but it also allows us to take essentially a bigger bite of the apple and go for more restoration faster, which is important because of you know, the impending problems that will be coming from climate change. So we have to be working quickly, and this allows us to speed up what we're doing. And while they hiked, Doug told Brenda how important it was for everyone to work ridge to reef, all at the same time. So all the work taking place up in these areas is literally feeding right down to where we're doing the restoration, which is kind of, kind of a demonstration of like, look, you can affect positive change. If you do the right things in the right locations, you can really see the benefits long term. So let's go ahead and pick um, any coral here. So do we see anything bleaching? Would we no, see it that fast? Yeah. <laughs> in, in this simulation. After the hike, Doug took Brenda from the ridge down to the reef. They met at Mauna Lua Bay with University of Hawaii's Kira Hughes. 
Kira directs the Coral Resilience Lab at the Hawaii Institute of Marine Biology. She walked the group through a demonstration of how coral bleaching occurs using coral skeletons. One bleach, which means that the algae, which lives inside of its cells, left. It's experiencing oxidative stress. Kira also shared her lab's efforts to identify and grow Hawaii coral that are more tolerant to the warming waters under climate change. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. <laughs> we never get bored because there's always something new to learn. Brenda came away impressed with all the efforts underway, ridge to reef. This is absolutely like a perfect example because the thing that we know and that this president is very focused on both in our America the Beautiful agenda, which is his conservation agenda, as well as the way we're thinking about climate change is it's all place-based. It matters what's happening in individual communities. It's important in those communities for the people who are involved to participate in those processes. So to be able to make the dollars available for folks to take advantage of in the ways that make the most sense for the community is like just critical. This is this is gold. And Doug's optimistic. So we're working on three watersheds in the Montalua Bay region. You know, when that's proven successful, we can then expand out to other watersheds here, but it also provides a model for other places around Hawaii that can look at what we did and say, all right, let's mimic the successes of them. And and if there's lessons learned along the way, they can then learn from us and, and improve what they're going to do. And what will success mean to him? Success would be a reduction of runoff coming from the land, corals that are planted that are going to survive bleaching events, healthier forests, and a community that understands this interconnection and how what they're doing on land impacts the marine environment and really take more of a kuleana for um, restoring the overall Ahupua'a watershed area. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, head over to civilbeat.org slash podcasts. I'm your host, Marcel Honoré. My editor is Nathan Eagle, and this episode was produced by April Estrelon. Stemming the Tide is supported by the Environmental Funders Group of the Hawaii Community Foundation, Marisla Fund of the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Frost Family Foundation. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866.